Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hengeli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with David Birch. David is the Shawnee Mission Northwest Boys Basketball Coach. David, Sam and I appreciate the time this evening. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So we've had several coaches at the college level, several coaches at the high school level level that have come on. So really to start with you, you know, your season for Northwest ended last month in early in early March. Northwest lost in the uh, Kansas 6A state quarters. Give us an update about what you and the team have been doing since the season ended. Uh, well, when the when our high school season ends in Kansas, you know, we have our banquet and uh, and then we kind of have all of our player meetings and then we kind of give the players a little bit of a break, kind of let them go with their AAU teams. Normally, a lot of them have AAU tryouts um, if they need help getting on a team or finding the right direction for a spring summer team. Uh, we try to assist with that. I know we were proud of ourselves this year of making it to the 6A state tournament. That's three years in a row for us. Uh, but it's also three years in a row that we've lost in the first game at the Elite Eight. Our school up until um, about three years ago has not had a lot of postseason success, at least recently. Um, so we, we've kind of talked as a team and a program that um, kind of the happy to be there phase is over um, and all of our players and coaches are ready to take the next step. Um, you know, we're, we're already kind of trying to get a little saying going that next year will be our Saturday season because we want to play on Saturday next year, because if you're playing on Saturday, that means you're either playing for first or for third. So uh, that's where we'd like to be. Uh, we've taken a lot of good steps. One of the good things about our team is, we are going to miss um, some seniors. Um, Malik Oedis was was really important to us and had some good games, especially in the postseason. Uh, we had four other seniors who were really good leaders and, and role models for us. Uh, but we started three sophomores, a freshman and a senior. Um, guys off the bench were juniors and sophomores. Um, our JV went undefeated this year at 17 and 0. So we're excited about. Um, we're excited about getting back to work, I think, uh, right now. But this is kind of our, our our low period with the players. We let them do their AAU thing. It's kind of a time where I get to go watch them play in another setting. Um, so I'll go to their tournaments and things like that. And then I usually get, you know, two, three, four books, trying to read up on new trends and things I can be to be better as well. What are some books or trends that you're looking to read up on? Well, I honestly, I just, uh, I'm going to finish the Nick Nurse book, uh, which was his from the Toronto Raptors, the head coach. Um, you can actually see our little bookshelf back here <laughs> of uh, things I get into, but I recently got one that I actually heard about on a podcast from Dr. Tim Elmore about communication with um, Generation Z and kind of, you know, how you can be a better leader and better communicator with your younger players and younger students. Um, I think that's important. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different now from when I grew up. Um, so I'm just trying to be a better communicator with them 
you know, whatever I think might make me a better coach, um, whether it's just reading about um, new education practices, new trends in basketball, um, X's and O's plays that I'll see um, in the college game or online, um, just trying to see all that and study it. So when we come to camp, I have a good idea what we want, where we want to go. Right. What would you say is the best part of the off season for you um, or the team? Oh, the best part of the off season. Um, well, I mean, it can be, it can be kind of a different answer. My, my, in terms of my overall probably health and uh, a state of mind, maybe this time because I get a chance to breathe and relax and um, get to watch the guys in a, in a, in kind of a setting where I'm not the main guy telling them what to do, which I like to do. But I also, um, for me, I, I really like working with them in the summer. I think championships are built in the months of June and July more than they are um, in December and January. You know, you get a chance to uh, get stronger in the weight room. We get a chance to get them out at camps, um, get open gyms going, really focus on a lot of player development things, getting guys better. We got numbers on what they've done the previous season and then where would they want to go next season. So I really enjoy the summertime too when we get to work with them and really get to player focus on our team. You you talked about you've been in the playoffs now for three years, but you've lost in the same round and the goal moving forward to play on Saturday, to make it to the semis or to make it to the championship game, maybe potentially win the state championship in Kansas. Um, but I want to take a little bit back a couple years ago when you were first hired by Northwest. What do you think your expectations were when you first got this job? Well, I knew uh, when I applied for the job, I knew they had some players uh, that were talented players. We had Damari Smith, who's playing at Cali County right now, who is a Dureno Award finalist, made the top five for top player in Kansas City. Uh, Landon Wagler, who's playing at Hutchinson Community College, who was a first-team all-league kid. Dante Weecroft, who's playing at Mid-American Nazarene. We knew they had some talent. Um, you know, my, my goals have always been, you know, hey, let's get to the state tournament. Um, let's compete for a league championship. Um, I don't think any of that was different. That's kind of what I said in my interview. That's where we wanted to go. I don't think you're ever sure how long that's going to take, whether it can take, you know, a few months and you got everybody ready to go or, or it can take a couple of years. Uh, everybody's different. Um, I thought since we had kind of the talent base there, you kind of have to have a base of talent to compete. And we had good players, so I thought we had a chance to be good but I don't think you're ever hundred percent sure on how long uh, it will take, you know, to get the right, you know, mindset to get everybody bought in, to get running the right stuff, to, to get everything where we're supposed to be. I, you know, we're still working um, three years in to kind of get everything where we want it to be, but um, you know, we, we've done a pretty good job. And, you know, I, I've been fortunate in my coaching career. I was at Piper high school before that, and we were 22 and one, my first head coaching gig. Um, and then before that, I worked at Blue Valley Northwest High School. We won three Kansas 6A state championships. So I don't really know what it's like to have any goals other than, other than get there and try and win it.
And I hope that that's always the way it is, but, you know, basketball can be up and down. So, you know, you mentioned, obviously, you just told us about you were the coach at Piper and then you were also with Blue Valley Northwest, but you actually played for Ottawa University from 2005 to 2009. You were the program's all-time leading scorer with over 2,000 points. So you had an amazing career there, but did you have, you know, an interest in coaching after your college career was over or did it take a couple years to realize that coaching would be your calling? Uh, I think I've always had an interest in it. You know, as a player, I was, I was a little bit of a late bloomer my senior year to late the East finally got a chance to, to play a lot and, and had a good season and got some college interest, um, chose to go to Ottawa University, kind of wanted to stay close. My parents could watch me play. That was important to me. Uh, it was important to me to have a, a college coach that that believed in me. Um, I had that with Coach Andy Carrier, who's also a Hall of Famer. Um, I think that was big. Um, I don't think I truly thought I could play after college until maybe my junior, senior year. Uh, where those conversations started happening. Um, and then I actually signed with a team to play in Australia, went over there. You know, the team didn't have enough money, never actually played. Um, and then I actually ended up uh, doing some tryouts for some overseas teams just to see if that was even a possibility um, and got picked up by the Washington Generals of the Harlem Globetrotters Tour. Um, and then I did that for six years. You know, I don't think I ever really wanted to quit playing. I love playing so much. But uh, fortunately for me, and unfortunately maybe at the time, that decision was made for me when the uh, generals were bought out um, and they uh, let go of a lot of people, me being one of them. And at that time, I was just, you know, I had my teaching degree. I was, I was working some players out. You know, I would be a workout guy for high school kids middle school kids and college players. Um, that's kind of what I did in my free time, make a little extra money. I enjoyed it. And as I was doing that, once my basketball career ended, uh, I happened to be working out some players for coach Ed Fritz. Um, he asked me if I would be interested in coaching at the high school level. I kind of wasn't sure. Uh, he said, why don't you come and watch an open gym? Just see what you think. Went over there and after about the sixth, seventh, or even the eighth dunk, uh, by the high school team, I said, yeah, maybe I should get into this. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I don't think that was a normal open gym. Uh, you kind of find out later that was, we had such a great team. We ended up having like six division one players on the team. It was uh, incredible talent. And, um, you know, pretty much after that first Friday night game where it was a packed gym and, and, and we won and you could feel the energy. Uh, for me, it was the only feeling that was like, uh, being a player, um, you got that competitive edge because I think anybody that plays for a long time will tell you the same thing. You miss the competition and the camaraderie of the team. And I would that for me, coaching kind of filled that hole for me. And, and I knew that's what I wanted to do after that. I, I knew some of your story, but I had no idea that the Washington Generals were ever going to come up in this podcast. I was a Washington Generals player coach before I ever coached a high school team. And I did that for six years. 
I traveled to 41 countries. Um, I made it to 49 states. We never made it up to Alaska. Uh, I traveled and played basketball. It was it was great. Uh, I loved it. Um, but it, it came to an end, um, you know, kind of for me, which is probably the right decision because if they would have let me keep doing that, I probably would be still out there. But uh, I think that was the best decision uh, all the way around. You know, they say sometimes, uh, you know, God is looking out for you. And I think he was right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So a couple of quick hitters just from a, from a coaching standpoint. I, I'm curious, what do you think are your best three traits as a coach? Oh, I mean, you know, hopefully you have three. You know, I'm very, very competitive. Um, you know, I'd like to tell, like we tell all our players, you know, the best thing I can ever do is I never lie to you. Um, I think I'm very direct. You know, there, there are situations where people tell players things, you know, to keep them around or tell them what they want to hear or, or, you know, and I think I'm very direct. I'm honest with them. I think my assessments are good. Um, you know, telling them things that they need to hear, maybe not always what they want to hear. Um, so I think that would be a strength. You know, I'm very passionate about the game, very competitive. You know, the, I, there's not any work I'm not willing to put in. Um, you know, my wife, you know, kind of kind of will get on me sometimes, be like, does your mind ever not, you know, have basketball on it? Do you ever have an off switch? And, you know, the real answer is no. I, I'm always thinking about things we can do to improve. And um, that's, you know, something I enjoy to do. So I'd like to think my, my work ethic to being a coach is another strength. And, you know, I think my relationships with the players, uh, when you are a player, or you were a player, um, you know, you kind of can talk to them in a way and, and see things out there that you saw as a player. And I think that can help you. Um, so I would say those are my three strengths. Um, but, you know, definitely have some weaknesses. I could lose my temper at times, you know, when things don't go how we've practiced them to go. Um, and those are things I'm kind of trying to work on right now. So, um, so you played at a late the East, um, your coach at Shine Mission Northwest, which is in the uh, Sunfire League. Um, what's it like coaching in the same league that you played in? Uh, a little surreal. Um, you know, I don't think when I was playing at Olathe East, I thought I would be on the sideline of a Sunflower League team one day, but here we are, you know, going through the gyms. Uh, most of them have just changed so much that I don't think any of them really look like they did when I was playing, this was the first year we actually played at Olathe East. Um, so I got to go back and, and then a lot of it's way different, but you know, you're kind of in there, uh, before the game, writing on the board. And it's, and it's just a little strange because you remember when you were, you know, in the same locker room, getting ready for the same speech on the other side, but, um, that's kind of the fun part of it too. So I think it's, you know, it's definitely different. Um, everything is newer, bigger, but, you know, sometimes it can feel the same. Yeah. What, what would you say was, is the biggest difference from uh, the Sunfar League today versus when you were a, a player? Well, the amount of teams. Uh, first, now there's 14 teams we got in the Sunflower League. Uh, Mill Valley is in there that wasn't. Gardner is in there uh, that wasn't a part of it. Uh, when I was in school, there was no late the West. There was no schools like that. So, uh, you know, the you know, the amount of teams is different, um, you know, and the players are so good now. 
there was really good players when I was playing, but you know, you got a lot of guys on teams that have been playing year round for years now. Um, skill of the players, you know, it's it's tough, you know, to be a good team in the Sunflower League. You know, you really got to have a really good team. And, you know, there was really good teams back when I played. Wayne Simeon was there when I was a freshman at Leavenworth. Brady Morningstar is the same age as me. He went to Free State. Um, so there's always been good teams. Sunflower League's been good for a long time. But I just think it with the amount of teams and, and the depth of the talent, I mean, there's kids that don't start on Sunflower League teams that are college players. And that really wasn't the case when I was playing. Yeah, absolutely. That have been, did you ever guard a Brady Morningstar? I did. I actually, I believe we played him zone. Um, and I, I remember this like it was yesterday. We had, we were going to start the game in zone and our, our coach went over their lob play that they ran in zone to him probably 10 times and I'll be damned if they didn't run at the very first play and he dunked that and, and our guys were asleep. And I remember him calling timeout and being pretty mad about that. <laughs> I remember that, um, you know, I don't remember too much about the game. I remember we lost to him. I remember we started out zone quickly switched, man. Uh, I didn't have a great game. He did. So that, you know, that was kind of the story. So you had a young team this year, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, how does it feel making it to state quarters, uh, even though you didn't get the result you wanted, but knowing that you're going to be record returning a lot of the core players for next season, how does that make you feel about your team going forward? Well, we're excited, you know, we're excited, but uh, you know, nothing's, nothing's going to be given to you, you know, just because we made it this year does not mean that we'll make it back. Um, there's always tough games in the postseason, especially getting that sub-state championship game. You're going to have to beat good teams to be there. Um, so I think we got a lot of work ahead of us. But, uh, you know, I think if you would have asked any of our coaches, hey, you know, you're going to make the state tournament and you're going to end up starting your freshmen and, and three sophomores and, you know, playing another sophomore and a bunch of juniors, we would have said, well, we'll take it, you know. Um, but our, our young guys grew up fast. I think a lot of that is the, the work that they put in in the offseason. They love to play. You know, they love to get after it in the gym. Uh, you know, they, they really work hard in the weight room. So, we, you know, we thought that, that those guys had a chance to be good. You're never really sure when it's going to click at the varsity level. Very fast game, especially for younger guys. But, uh, you know, as, as the season went along, you could see that they got more and more comfortable uh, playing against that kind of competition. Um, got a couple good wins, gave them some confidence, and and they were really all playing really well at the end of the year. And then our senior had some really, really good games um, in the postseason for us that, that really pushed us over the top. So we're going to miss him, but we hope some guys continue to put in the work and, and they can step in that role and, and give us a chance again. For sure. Uh, being a public school coach in the Casey area, you don't have a lot of control on the roster as uh, some of the guy, the people that come to your school are live in a certain area of town, which works for like every school district, I believe, in this area. Um, how important is it to have camps, not just to give opportunities for uh, kids to participate, but also to give you a chance to develop the future? Uh, you know, we do that and um, we think it's really important. It's one of the things I talked about. Um, in the interview when I, when I was interviewing for the job that we wanted to get a youth program going and, and we wanted our camp numbers to be big. 
um, for for a lot of reasons, like the ones you mentioned, you know, start developing them early, get a love for basketball, find out who really wants to play, um, who likes playing, you know, and then, you know, just kind of create a little feeder program and use basketball as a, you know, a leadership chance, you know, um, you know, not everybody's going to go to the NBA or play college or lead us to a state championship, but you know, if you can start to have good role models for your kids on your team, you know, that can kind of shape a community. And that's really what we were looking to do. You know, players, we always believe if you, if you put in the work, you'll see the results eventually. Kind of the same message we've tried to give to our youth players. And, you know, we, we've had some success. And, you know, some of the players that we got now um, are hard workers, but they were really, really talented also. And that yeah. that's what you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is it to you to encourage uh, guys not just to uh, play for their summer club teams, but also maybe play like football or baseball or run track as well? Our AD has a, a saying that, you know, he wants to be a 6A school with a 3A mentality and, um, you know, try and encourage the guys to play multiple sports. Um, sometimes me, you know, they've been playing basketball and only some of our guys basketball, only basketball for so long that, you know, it's tough convincing them to do something different. Some of them don't want to do anything different. They want to play basketball 12 months a year and, you know, don't want to take any days off, but we've tried to encourage our guys, um, you know, football and, and baseball and track and these other sports can help you. Um, you know, you're not always using the same muscles and movements all the time. And sometimes that can help prevent some injury, but also strengthen you in areas you didn't know need strengthened um, in terms of your body or hand-eye coordination and things like that. What other sports did you participate in in high school besides basketball? Were there any others? When I started at Olathe East, I played football, baseball, and basketball. I then graduated to just basketball and baseball. My senior year, I just went straight basketball. I, you know, I kind of felt like I was playing three and, and never had time to really see. And, you know, basketball, my, my body was not a basketball body. I probably should have focused more on football or baseball, but uh, I loved basketball. And, you know, I always, my uncles told me that if you, you know, you want to do something, do the one that you love the most, not that your body should be at. And, that was really good advice because you want to practice something you like the most. And, and when to get to the next level, you got to practice a ton. And, and I just enjoyed basketball the most. So I decided to do that my senior year and uh, ended up paying off. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also, it's, it's great to just try multiple things and cause it can help you end up helping you with the one big talent that you want to do with your dreams going forward, I believe. And, it's always good to like be more of a generalist than a specialist. Well, and you see, like, uh, you know, if you just look at the best players this year, you know, Grant Stubblefield is probably the best player in Kansas 6A, uh, and he was the best player in basketball and football. <laughs> you know, and then you look at, you know, a couple of years ago, Blue Valley North wins a state championship, and they have Andrew Orr, who, you know, was a high jump champion along with the basketball player. And so if you just look at some of the best players around, um, they're all doing multiple sports, but they all have kind of the same quality that they expect excellence out of themselves. So they don't just go out there wanting to just do it. They're going out there to win and compete. And I think that's what separates them. 
So uh, when you were developing your coaching philosophy, um, what are some coaches at any level that you that helped to develop that philosophy that gave you that foundation to become the coach that you are right now? I think that the two that come to mind the most uh, is my college coach, Andy Carrier. You know, his personal relationships with his players. Um, and even now, he texts me even now and um, he came to our Hall of Fame dinner and, you know, I always saw him as, you know, that was kind of the man that I wanted to be as a coach um, for our players and have that type of relationship. And he was kind of one of those guys that like he'll never he'll never lie to you. He may not tell you what you want to hear, but he always gave me a lot of really good advice, uh, but not just basketball, but with with school and with life. And And then when I got a job, he was calling people to be a reference. And so definitely him. And then. Coach Ed Fritz um, gave me my first coaching job. You know, the only guy maybe I've met that maybe wanted to win just as bad or more than I did. Um, so I definitely took that from him, his work ethic. You know, you don't see a lot of high school coaches. They're coaching Friday nights, you know, get home from the game. And there they are at eight in the morning coaching a youth program game, you know, getting the youth going. They're staying after practices for film. He's, doing the youth until 930 at night, uh, you know, watching him work, seeing how much time he put into it, how much passion he had for winning in the game. Um, those are the two things and the two guys that, that I try and take some, some things from, you know, I read books on Jay Wright and Nick nurse and, and some of these coaches that I like that I don't know personally. Um, but I like their style and I like things that they do, but um, Ed Fritz and Andy Carrier are, are the guys that, kind of made me want to coach and, and who I learned from the most. Great stuff. Uh, so uh, what are some things that you want to see changed in the state of Kansas for a uh, high school athletics as a whole, not just basketball? Oh man, how much time do you guys got? Um, <laughs> we got all the time. Well, you need. Thing, the first thing is, you know, there are times where I feel like, you know, we're, we're holding ourselves back. We can only play 20 games. Um, that's really a minimum anymore. You know, we'd love to see it go up to 26 games. I've voted on that many times. Uh, we'd like to be able to work with our players all year. Um, there's this idea out there that like, oh, we if the co high school coaches can't work with the players and that'll force them to take a break, all it does is make our players have to pay somebody to work them out and stuff mm -hmm. like that. We'd like, I'd like to be able to work all year Certainly some of that might have to be regulated, but, you know, I don't like having to take this day and this day off. And, you know, you can only work out three guys in the fall that played on the same team. And, you know, we can't play together in July. And I just, I think it hurts our development. It hurts our players. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's doing anything for, you know, a player in terms of making them take time off or focus on something else. It's just making them go somewhere else to do it. Um, so I would like, more games, you know, less rules on what we can do for our own players. I'd like to be able to play with our high school team uh, all year. You know, you you go to the AAU for two months, then your high school, then your AAU again for the month, then your your fall stuff, and it's just you know, you're constantly players are constantly have to adjust to a bunch of new things. Which some of that is good. You need to find new styles, find new roles to help you develop as a player. But you know, I just think if we were together all year you'd start to see some really, really high development with our 
players from Kansas in the U.S. You know, you look at all the really great players now are, are almost all from, you know, Europe and, and places where they don't have these rules. And, and maybe the time for the U.S. to look into some of that. It's my personal opinion. So that would be in terms of basketball. But I think all sports could use more games, more time together, you know, less restrictions and more opportunities. Uh, I think we finally got a shot clock at least passed at one level. Uh, we're hoping to get it at another one. Um, so those are just a couple things, but you know, if you gave me a bunch, you know, three hours, I'm sure I could, I'm sure I could keep, yeah. keep going. I think the shot clock would definitely needs to be in Kansas high school basketball. It's so long overdue. Would you mind having the three point line a little bit backed up? Maybe like the old college line. You know, I think that's something I also think, you know, high school, you know, there's something to be had. I don't know if at the high school level, you know, I know college and the pros backed it up because everybody was just making so many that it was getting too easy. I don't know if we're there yet. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. go to a bunch of high school games, you see probably way more missed threes and poor threes than you yeah. see a lot of makes and things that were going on. So uh, that may be one that, that I think you could leave or you could change. And I don't know if it makes a huge difference. You know, we try and teach our players shot selection and um, that you want to shoot certain percentages from certain spots, um, you know, until in a high school game you go to it and you might see, you know, teams shooting like 15, 14% from three. They don't need a farther back three yeah, points. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, until those percentages are up in the high school game, I think that's actually one that's fine. Shot clock I like because players go to college. That's what they got to do when they're there it keeps teams from holding the ball it makes the game faster makes the game more fun to watch so all those things are great you know the cougars last three years i don't know if we would have had one single shot clock violation we're actually trying to hold it for a better shot a little bit longer but no i think it'll be good for the game we just hope it passes it at all the levels it needs to pass to get it in there for sure uh state of kansas get the get the shot clock going it'd make make the product the game a lot better for the state of Kansas. It's kind of the way that the, and and this is basketball and I can't speak on everything, but kind of the way the votes happen, it's makes it a lot harder to get things done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's only 36, 6A schools. There's 118, 1A schools. You know, if our, our votes are all the same, we'll get outvoted every single time. And, And normally and I don't want to, you know, I don't, I, I think there are some really good small schools, some really good coaches, but some of the pushback can sometimes be from the smaller schools not wanting to make the changes for a lot of reasons that, that don't have anything to do with the game, you know, more workers, you know, more things like that, people to put it in. Sometimes they don't have the resources, but until like we can do different rules at different levels or our votes all count the same, it gets hard to, to move on some things. Yeah, for sure. If there, if this ends up getting passed, how long should the shot clock be? I would keep it the same as, as college, which is uh, 35 right now. I, I think that's what it is most places. I think 24, like an NBA game, is too short. More and more bad shots than you already get. So I think 35 is, is a good number. If they wanted to move it back to 40, saying it was high school, I don't think I would push back on that. but you know, somewhere in that range. I I would agree. Uh, so 
What is one thing you knew to be true when you started coaching that was true? Okay. Um, you know, when I started coaching, um, you know, the players, um, you know, we knew when you're dealing with young players, um, a lot of times they think they can know more. And I know certainly when I was a player, I would always, you know, wonder what's going on. Why, why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And some of it's just the maturity I, and I, the fact that I didn't see the whole picture. Um, I thought that may be a challenge working with, you know, adolescents that, that there could be some pushback at times, which there is. But I think the way you get through that is, is developing a relationship, you know, being there in the summer, watching them play AU, you know, having those player meetings um, starts to get a little bit more trust um, to build as a coach to use that. Um, but I thought that would be a challenge coming in, and it, it has been. Um, but I think we've done a decent job with it. So what was one thing you thought were to be true, but it turned out to be the opposite in coaching? Trying to think on these, these questions. Good question. <sighs> one thing I thought was true that ended up not being true. Um, you know, maybe in, in this, you know, I don't want it to sound like we're not – trying to win um, or anything like that. And we, we are hundred percent trying to win. Uh, but I don't know if that's the most important thing. Sometimes I think when you get into coaching, everybody, you know, on your resume, you're, you're going to talk about your winning percentages. You're going to talk about how many championships you've won because you're trying to get hired because everybody wants a winner and a winning program, you know, it does a lot for the school. It does a lot for your, you know, morale, of the team, the student body, the youth program, you know, winning affects everything. Um, but I don't know if it's number one thing. I think the number one thing is training young adults to be adults, you know, the kind of work ethic they need to succeed in life, you know, discipline they need, you know, those things like that, creating good habits, you know. So I always thought, you know, you know, get into coaching, you got to win all these championships. Um, but, you know, really the satisfaction is to see kids graduate from high school, graduate from college and become serviceable adults and, and have families, be good husbands and fathers and things like that. I think that is more number one for me than, than the wins. But, you know, winning is always going to be one B, especially when you're a competitor and you're running a program. But, you know, I don't, I don't think it is the most important thing. I think those other things are. Yeah, I remember my uh, high school coach uh, talking about, you know, a story about John Wooden and he like a coach talked to him at the airport and um, John Wooden asked how his team was doing. And he like mentioned, yeah, our record isn't, it was really good. And, but like John Wooden asked him, it's like, how's your team's uh, character? Are they improving as people every day? And, and that like got him to pause and realize that he needed to uh, improve and do what Wooden uh, told him to do. and changes uh out outlook on success no i agree i agree i definitely agree that that's that's what you got to look at you know and that that's where success really happens we try to tell the you know student body that parents that and everybody that you gotta gotta remind people uh, at times that that there we're doing more here than just trying to win a basketball game i am curious about that thought do you think as a high school coach the parents believe that as true like that you're trying to not only win but build them as build them into you know like you mentioned build the young adults into productive adults do you think that that is something that the, 
the parents of your players like really listen? You know, I think I think all of our parents, you know, you you always got to remember you'll hear some things, you know, maybe behind you at times or, or hear some things through the grapevine. But, you know, the parents love their kids and, and they want the best for their kids. You know, they want their kid to do well. They want to have them have the opportunities. Um, sometimes when, when you're loving somebody so much that you, you can only look, you know, through through a small lens on what's actually going on out there. Um, you know, we try to remind them and, and, and that there's more going on, especially, but you know, when games get heated, competitive games, things happen, things get said. I don't ever take it personal. Um, you know, if anything would be out of bounds, we would talk to people or, or have a meeting with that. But, um, you know, parents love their kids. They want the best for their kids. Um, sometimes you got to remind them what all is going on out there instead of just through one lens, because that can be difficult. Um, and parents and players have goals and, you know, you want to meet the team's goals, but also want to meet their goals. And, you know, sometimes they have to adjust some of their goals. And, and sometimes that's a adjustment to be made um, for them and their parents. But, you know, one thing that I always try to remember is like all our parents just want the best for their kids. And, and so you got to remember that when you're out there. For sure. Any advice to those that are chasing a dream? What kind of in dream in coaching or a dream as a NBA or what as a player? What are we talking about? Just in general, NBA coaching, maybe a doctor, lawyer, teacher one day, just anything. Well, any advice that, that, that I would have for anybody wanting to do anything at a high level, um, you know, and, and we tell our players this and we try and do this is that it all comes from from your work ethic and, and how much time are you willing to put in? How much do you really want to do it? Um, you know, are you doing everything you can possibly do? You know, I'm trying to read here in the off season. You know, we'll be up early for weights and we're going to be there every day. And, you know, you know, I think Chris Beard said it's about the process. And, you know, you, you do this, this and this and you do it every day, every day over and over. And the results, sometimes they come early and sometimes they come late. But if you stick after it and, and stay with the process, they will come eventually. And that's kind of our message to our players or, or any of our students, um, that, that they have to have that um, in order to do something at a high level. For sure. For sure. David, do you have any social media plugs that you're willing to share out, whether it's personal or for Shawnee Mission Northwest? I'll always plug Shawnee Mission Northwest. Um, you know, our Twitter handle is at SMNW Hoops, all capital, all one word. And then our Instagram is uh, SMNW uh, underscore boys basketball. And, uh, we usually keep everything up to date on there through our Twitter, our Instagram. So if you want to follow Shawnee Mission Northwest, uh, go on there and check that stuff out. We, uh, we update it frequently and any write-ups or anything we have on our players, we'll put it on there. Great. Well, Sam and I are both in the Kansas City area, so maybe next year um, we, we might check out a game, uh, see see you uh, go to work, maybe whether it's against Aletha South or Shawnee Mission East. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good. Always welcome. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Hope you have a great uh, rest of the uh, school year and uh, hope you uh, enjoy the uh, this off season. And I hope you have a great, great summer with your uh, team and helping them reach their goals. 
Thank you very much. Appreciate it again. You guys take care. For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.